my theme for real. I changed it up for uh, this uh, this one episode. I borrowed one from um, the movie. So uh, God bless uh, Ludwig Gordonson, um, Ryan Coogler's uh, sound engineering buddy, sound score buddy. Anyway, um, I want to talk about Killmonger, and a lot of folks, a lot of folks have not properly assessed this Marvel villain, this Marvel antagonist. Now, so let me take this sip right quick and uh, dive on in. So, imagine if you will, a uh, imagine a young boy from a distant loyal, royal family, raised in poverty. His father was murdered by a, his brother, which is a king of a powerful, invisible nation state, an isolationist nation state. After being left behind, the boy was training to be an elite warfighter. As an adult, he plans on one day arriving, arriving on a scene, arriving at that invisible nation state that killed his father exacting vengeance on that murderous king, becoming king himself one day. From there, he will share that nation's resources and aid and assist people like himself who have suffered under oppression in this modern world. Sounds like a classic hero, right? Because it is. <laughs> it is. But from there, um, Eric Killmonger, Nijidaka, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character in the Black Panther movie was not the hero and it definitely has to be said has to be assessed and everything else um, When it comes to this character one of the things that I find really fascinating. Well, I'll say first and foremost <clears throat> On the week like in the dawn of the weekend the like after the weekend it took place Where Black Panther came out. You have all these folks all over Facebook just praising the hell out of uh, Killmonger you know, and uh, I like Killmonger because I like Michael B. Jordan, and ultimately, he is, his ideology is pretty just. His actions are not, but I'll get into that. His ideology and justifications make perfect sense. They're very relatable, by far. So, yeah. But, there, is, there has been this, this extreme like, idolation of Killmonger, the character Eric Killmonger, that's... I will have to say that it is um, there's probably a sorting algorithm of how ashy and dusty a nigga is depending on how much they idolize this guy. You feel me? <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely um, the more like especially us black men, the more that we idolize Killmonger, the more ashy we are. I'll explain why. Man, uh, for the most part, Killmonger, he has a horrible relationship with black women. Alright? He has a horrible, I say, and I mean horrible relationship with black women. And when a lot of these guys out here idolize, idolize Killmonger, they're kind of, it's kind of a reflection of themselves, you feel me? It's kind of a reflection of how they function themselves in regards to, I, I, it makes me wonder what is their relationship with black women? Because if you look at uh, King T'Challa, um, you know, Pan you know, Black Panther character, the the actual king, the prevailing king of Wakanda, he is buttressed by no less than four amazing black women. Um, I count I count his mom, I count his sister, I count his ride or die, um, 
the uh, commander of his elite guard, Okoye. And the fourth is Nakia, his love. So mom, sis, friend, lover. Mom, sis, friend, lover. That's four. That's like, you know, four corners of a square or a house. And, you know, and he's the roof or, you know, he's the walls and roofing or something. It's, I think there's symbolism in that. Now, with uh, Killmonger, on the other hand, his lover, he, she, I think she, he, he either shoots her in the chest or in the head. Nonetheless, she dies immediately. She dies immediately. Man, she, she, <laughs> he, he killed her in no second thought, man. So one of the villains in the movie, this, hey, by the way, spoilers are happening. All right. You should have seen the movie anyway. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> spoiler alert. Okay. Now, you know, one of the bad guys in the movie, he takes uh, his girlfriend and uses her as a human shield. He, um, he, without like, there is no space for anything. He just, but he busts a cap on his girl, kills her immediately. Cause he's trying to kill that, that one dude that used her as a human shield. It was like, holy crap, you see him like all lubby w all over homegirl and stuff like she's like like Bonnie and Clyde. Well, Clyde killed Bonnie with no pro with no issue. So um there's no love, man. He's no there's no love for those who should who should be loving. Number two, you have the woman who is the the herbal sage garden garden the gardener person, the garden wizard, the garden uh, I don't know, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, what you want to call that, the Garden Jedi, whatever, after, after Forrest Whitaker got a, he's pushing them daisies, there's this woman who's guarding the herbal, uh, herb garden, or, you know, the garden of the heart-shaped herb, which gives the, um, the Black Panther family that royal lineage, their, uh, superhuman powers, so after taking the herb, he wakes up, still angry and frustrated and in a rage. And uh, he immediately uh, orders orders his, those folks to burn it all down. Now, at that point, for me, it was clear that he was a villain because he does not, <clears throat> because he does not really, he doesn't really care for Wakanda at all. He don't care for Wakanda because, you know, the Black Panther is the person that, that protects and defends Wakanda. They've been doing it for generations, for thousands of years. And the king takes a heart-shaped herb and it helps him protect Wakanda. So when he did that, that was a part of a, his uh, destabilization process on how one destabilizes governments. I'm getting into that a little bit later. But yeah, though, man. But anyway, he chokes out. He damn near kills. He chokes the hell out of um, the heart-shaped herb Jedi chick, where you want to call her. And then he um, he attempts to fight the uh, Dora Milaje, the, um, the elite guard of, of the Black Panther. Black Panther's elite guard. You know, all the bald-headed black chicks, okay? And he kills one. So, also, um, Nakia, the spy character in the movie, she immediately uh, takes Black Panther's T'Challa's sister and mother into hiding. And herself in hiding. She wanted to take uh, the ride or die chick, you know, Okoye. Okoye, she's a soldier, so she's like, look, motherfucker, I'm, I'm loyal to that throne, so it don't matter if I love it or not, I have to be here. I can't go, which I respect because I've served as a soldier before. I understand that. I understand duty. Duty before heart. I, under, I totally, I totally get that. 
Now, <clears throat> I'm led to believe that despite the fact that Killmonger came through, he's like, hey, auntie, which was like a very cold and it was like a warm and cold quote at the same time. I feel that I think he would have killed Ma Dukes, man. I think he would have killed Ma Dukes. He would have killed his sister, which is the reason why Nakia took them and disappeared for a bit and ran off. So, yeah, man. Um, I have to say that mother, you know, the dude's he's 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 the he's the antagonist, you know, despite the fact that one is justified. We understand his justification. Why not? Okay, so Dominic says, I feel like him beating women almost every other woman he interacts with was a way to make him more villainous since he would be too relatable without that. That might be that might be the case. Yeah, that might be the case. I think um, that was made to build a contrast between T'Challa and uh, Killmonger in regards to um, two highly driven men. True. But for the most part, a lot of uh, there's a but that's but let's I mean let's look at it because that that's a true thing. There's a lot of black men out there, you know, even like modern day revolutionaries, people who want to be revolutionaries, or simple Facebook identities, or simple social media identities, and they are uh, they are kind of shitty in regards to women. They're shitty in regards to uh, the gay community. They're shitty in regards to the transgender community. So that exists. Let's be let's let's be real. That that exists, okay. Now, me, I, I kind of make myself the the photojournalist type of guy, the the abolitionist uh, photographer, writer, speaker. But I do have leadership skills. There's people who make see me as a leader. Now, when that were to occur, I'm still flawed, okay. I'm I'm not I'm definitely not perfect. But there's folks out here who are really trying to lead black people, and they are horrendously flawed. They have horrible, horrible relationships with black women, horrible relationship with the uh, le, uh, the gay slash transgender community. You know, I mean, they're still black people. You just they have horrible relationship with other freaking leaders, man. I don't even want. I don't even want. I don't even want to go into that. That's that's changing the topic here. You know, talking about real life Killmonger wannabes and shit. All right. So one of the things I want to um, point out with Killmonger is that. That a lot of the a lot of these folks idolizing Killmonger, it really baffles me because <laughs> do you say Dr. Umar cough? <laughs> anyway, um, it really baffles me because a lot of these men, these black men who, who love their like really dick riding Eric Killmonger, they hate black military personnel. They hate the the notion of of um, black people joining military, black people with military experience, black veterans, they really hate that, despite the fact that um, the Black Panther Party, while UEP Newton was a college kid, numerous Black Panthers who, like, the foot, like, the um, the lock and step, you know, foot soldiers of the Black Panther Party for self-defense, the original Black Panthers, they were mostly, they were majority um, Vietnam vets, military personnel, ex-military, and they brought that ex-military expertise to the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. So, oh yeah, no oh yeah, by the way, um, a lot of those who um, join uh, Elijah Muhammad's crew, the uh, Nation of Islam, under Malcolm X or under Elijah Muhammad, because there was a split there, they too were also military vets who 
who um, used a lot of um, their military experience with weaponry and self-defense and um, defending um, defending personnel or equipment within those um, those organizations and communities. So I find it really baffling that that um, that a lot of these guys who will probably call Killmonger a coon for being a guy with military experience are really dick riding Killmonger, man. I, I, I want, I really do. I, I want answers. I really do want, I really do want to explore that because I've said it multiple times, you know, um, people need to quit, quit folks, you know, black folks need to quit freaking judging black folks attempting to navigate through white supremacy. All right. Cause the military is a neutral concept. So Killmonger, he's sitting there. He's like, I've killed many people, hundreds, thousands of people on all these continents, even Africa. You know, I think that part should be kind of like gut wrenching. You know, you should feel, you should feel your, 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 your stomach should drop when he says that you shouldn't be like, yeah, Killmonger. Yay. You should be like, dang, man, um, that's messed up. You know what I mean? He killed numerous black people. He probably killed black kings before. Things like that. But that doesn't take place. Everybody's like, Killmonger, because he said this before he died. Yeah. Man, I swear, man, a lot of these folks are faking the funk, man. You can definitely tell how ashy a man is based on how much they dick ride Eric Killmonger. All right, so um, I talked about his uh, hard relationship with... Um, Let's talk about um, the king, right? King T'Chaka. So King T like the reason why Killmonger exists. All right, so Killmonger, he was the son of um, of one of King Ch Ch uh, King T'Chaka's, the original king's um, spies in the United States in um, in California during the uh, around the Rodney King era um, time period. Now, this guy, this Wakanda dude, since he knows about Wakanda resources which are, they, they borderline space age sorcery. He's thinking about empowering the black community there so they can defend themselves against racist ass cops. Now, like T'Chaka, he steps in with his Black Panther suit and um, ultimately kills this fellow. The spy is also his brother. And um, his brother had a son and his son was Killmonger. So the king... It's kind of like you looking at the king, the king's point of view is kind of justified because the guy tried to shoot who like shoot this guy in front of him and he decided not to do it. So, you know, he decided to intervene immediately. He kills him. But if you look at Black Panther in Civil War in the in the Captain America three, you should know that he didn't have to kill that guy because black when Sachaka was in a Black Panther suit and uh, Captain America Civil War. He has this guy around the end of the movie and this guy tries to shoot himself with the gun. All he did was grab the grab the, the, the muzzle of the gun, the barrel of the gun and let the bullet go off in his hand because he can because his whole suit can block bullet is bulletproof. So he prevented the guy from shooting himself by simply blocking the bullet, holding the gun and blocking the bullet with his hand. Why can't why couldn't the king do that in that room, man? He could have he could have did things differently, you know. Um, another problem I have with King T'Chaka, the original, the the um, the king that murdered Killmonger's dad, is this. 
Wakanda has numerous spies all over the world, man. Numerous spies. You know, it's a fictional nation, but in their in this fictional universe, they have numerous spies all over the world. To include in America. Why not have spies check up on Killmonger's son, man? If you ain't gonna if you ain't gonna if you're not going to take the child with you, why not check up on the kid? So yeah, um Killmonger was definitely created by that king, and he is totally justified in wanting to take the throne and do things differently. So when it comes to a lot of folks loving Killmonger, I love Killmonger too. I know he's wrong, but I love the, I love the character. Um, when people love this guy in the wrong way, they idolize his character. I think that a lot of black folks are confusing justification versus execution of said action or rather justification versus decision. So the point I'm making here is that just because your justification is on point, it does not mean that your decision is any decision you make based off of that said justification is valid. You feel me? So um, like say, for example, when I was in Hawaii, I was living beside this woman who kept on denting my uh, my car, my my door on my car by her car door opening up. She opened up violently. I think one time she probably kicked her door into my door and yeah, so she's putting these these door dents, these door dings on my car on purpose. Now, if I were to set her car on fire and then walk into her house and shoot her dead, then she set her home on fire, then seek out her children, her parents and family members and and burn them at the stake, wouldn't that be a bit extreme? Probably would be. Now, if you if I threw a brick through her windshield or knock their freaking mirror off or start beating up her car, that would be, bit, you know, that would be justified. Right. You know, it'd be justified. You know, it's kind of like an eye for eye. So the point I'm making is just because someone is justified, there's a justification does not mean that any action can be taken. There's actions that are that are match grade to whatever the injury is and there's actions that are far beyond and there then there's also actions that are inact they're ineffective so a lot of these men who idolize eric killmonger i'll have to say that they are men who are for the most part they're about they're all talk i think that a lot of these guys who idolize this character are all talk because you know real like generally speaking um eric killmonger talks a good game talks a fantastic game everything he everything he says as a quotable is magnificent but in action destroying the heart-shaped herb um you know damn near killing any black woman he that he, that's in close proximity wishing to destabilize the world you know he did say while he did have some amazing quotes he also said something around the likes of i want the, i want to take everything they took from me he wants to destroy the world. So it's not about it's not about black liberation. As a matter of fact, let's get into that one right there. So let me take a sip right here. So <clears throat> part of it, part of this chunk right here is his uh his strategy. Let's dive into his strategy, okay? So is his strategy valid? What his strategy would have worked? Well, um, no, no, it would not have worked. His strategy wouldn't have worked at all. It wouldn't matter what type of weapons you give a bunch of black folks. 
his strategy wouldn't work because black folks don't have a home base. Black folks don't have a um, a uh, command to answer to or a place to go. Because even if you look at warfare, every every soldier goes out on patrol, they have a home base to, to go back to. They have a forward operation base or, you know, command post. They have an airfield. They have a naval carrier. They have, you know, this large base to go to so they can regroup, re-equip, uh, reorganize, plot, plan, and knock things out and head back out. That didn't exist. So the point I'm making is this. If I was Eric Killmonger, which I guess I can be since... I'm a military vet and shit. <laughs> um, I understand the character better than most. Um, the first thing that you would have done, should have done, was build those black communities. Build, build, build those black communities. You got to build those black communities first before you give them something to defend. Or rather, you have to build those black communities before you give them something to attack. You can't just give a bunch of folks a bunch of weapons and just have at it. As a matter of fact, um, if you look at Eric Killmonger's strategy, it, it reeks of the flaw of the American strategy in, our, in uh, Afghanistan. So we gave, so we as America, the CIA, in our military CIA, gave bin Laden at the time, who was the Mujahideen fighters against the Soviets, in the 70s and the 80s, we gave them Stinger missiles and all these weapons and all, all this weaponry, gave them these tactics and ability to create bombs and stuff like that. And that was it. We just gave them weapons and just rolled over, just walked off. So what happened? So tell me what tell me what happened after that. Well, years later, you have this guy named Bin Laden who smashed aircraft to our buildings and we've been in this war on terror nonsense ever since so yeah his strategy Eric Killmonger's strategy is a really good strategy to create your own enemies because we as Americans do it all the time the CIA character in the movie uh, named Everett Ross he said oh that guy he's one of ours he's destabilized many nations and many countries he, he has like he racked up a crazy kill streak, is you know, killed thousands of folks, blah blah. And it's like, well, the, the guy said it himself, man. He's one of ours. He is a government agent. They destabilize, they make poor, poor, poor decisions concerning empowering others. Each time America empowers folks abroad to fight their own wars. They turn against America each time. So what makes you think, what y'all ashy motherfuckers out there, what makes you think that Eric Killmonger would be anything different? You can't give a, a, you can't give folks a bunch of weapons without a home base or some type of FOB, a forward operation base or, or airfield or aircraft carrier to, to come back to. So if I was Eric Killmonger, what I would do is give, um, give uh, black communities across the globe the means to defend and to uh, build their communities, which is stuff that the Black Panthers actually did. Like, say, uh, one, of the, one of the things the Black Panthers did was provide health care for the communities, for the for black community. 
that. Oh shit, man. Uh Shuri, this Disney princess lady, she uh she had like she put this vibranium bead in his motherfucker's back and 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 healed healed off a um a deadly spinal injury within a matter of hours, like three hours or so. Why don't you put that motherfucker in the hood? Give folks free like essentially you give folks free health care. Man, I tell you what. Uh you give you give the hood Wakandan tech healthcare, boy. Um, build the communities up, man. That's that's what you want to do first. So, yeah, man. Um, action versus words. You know, um, Eric Killmonger was a was a character was a man of great words, but his actions did not meet his words at all, and. A lot of black leaders or black wannabe leaders out here, these internet, I'll call them leaders slash entertainers, that's what they're about. They're very entertaining. They they have great words, but when it comes to their actions, they're full of shit. Eric Killmonger was full of shit. Um, so no, that Pan-African movement will, would have not have worked. You know, um, a lot of folks are, uh, they'll give uh, the movie some, they're giving the movie some, some, Nonsense on the fact that you had a CIA agent who was, I guess, under orders from, from the princess there to shoot down these weapons as supposed to go out to these black communities. Trust me when I tell you that based like if this was real life, that CIA, that CIA agent done everybody a favor because um, you can't fight a front with no with no rear guard. Okay, you can't fight a front without a rear guard. You cannot, you cannot, you can't fight without a community or without a village, without a city state, without a castle. Okay, please, I, I can't, I cannot stress this further. For those who are listening, tell your dumbass friends that, as far as Pan African fighting would have went, that wouldn't work because we need the community to be built first. Okay. So, uh, I mean, think about it. Um, look at all these wars that America's been in. Does America exist as a nation state first? Yeah. So, yeah, the wars that, that America or America propagates around the world itself wouldn't exist if, wouldn't function properly if America didn't exist as a nation first. So a black nation must exist before um, black people engage in shooting and killing and exacting revenge and all this other stuff. You need a home base. You need a castle. You need a city-state. You need a community. So that community should be built first. Um, so he would not have been effective. But let's talk about what makes what Killmonger was effective then, which is the reason why he's probably the greatest Marvel vi villain or uh, comic book villain even in movie, in movie history, and comic book movie history, because when I look at Killmonger, in my character assessment, I will put him. I'll put him. He's a cross between um, the Joker and Batman, and Magneto, in X Men series. Okay, so his ideology is very much like Magneto, but uh, when it comes to his chaos factor, is pretty up there with the Joker. Was he effective though? 
let's start looking at the things that he was effective in. So one of the reasons why Killmonger is one of the great, is probably the best villain in movie, in uh, comic book movie history, is the fact that he makes the hero question everything. He makes the hero question everything. He, made, he makes the hero, T'Challa, the Black Panther, he makes Black Panther question his ancestors, question his dad, question, um, you know, the herb, the herb keeping specialist, you know, question everybody, question the world around him. Wait a minute. Are we supposed like, should we be isolationists? You know that. So I'll have to say that Eric Killmonger in this movie is a sacrificial lion which is different than the sacrificial lamb being that the sacrificial lion has greater value than the lamb. So Eric Killmonger had to die. He had to exist, challenge the king, and then die before the king actually realized, hey, we can't just be isolationists. We need to help out these black folks around the world. Now, and also from there, Eric Killmonger, not only does he makes like in movie, in universe, in movie, he makes the hero question everything, question his his question of the throne and everything he stands for. He makes us as black people, as the audience, question everything, too. And I think that there has not been a greater villain in a movie that actually makes the outsiders, folks who are outside the movie, those who are watching, actually question everything. You know, questions such as, wow, did Africa abandon us? Why, why, why did Africa abandon us? Why, how come Africa does not speak up for us? How come Africa is not helping us out over here? How come, you know, like actually make us ask these questions, you know? So I've wrote an art. No, I didn't write this article. Um, there's a fellow who wrote this article on Afro Sacral Foul. He, uh, saying that, um, Movies need more, like in, in the media, we need more magnificent black villains. Well, I'll tell you what, man, Eric Killmonger is that magnificent black villain. Magnificent black villain, man. So, yeah. I will say that also, um, there's a middle ground. There's a middle ground to, to, achieve, to be achieved. That's what Black Panther dove into in the end of the movie. Because even Nakia, the character that was played by Lupita, she actually sown the seeds of change long before Killmonger arrived. Nakia, she likes being out and about serving as a spy because she gets to help out other people other than Wakanda, those in Wakanda. So, yeah, um, it wasn't just Killmonger that wants to help aid and assist black people from all over the world. It's also Nakia, Lupita's character, who does it without destroying the heart-shaped herb or, you know, destroying folks, killing senselessly left and right and things like that. So still, the black woman is the lead. This should be in charge, right? How about that? I'll say that Eric Killmonger in um, the Black Panther movie, he... He's, he's, he's a villain. Yeah. But he's also the type of villain he is. He is a anti-villain. He's like Magneto. Very justified. Very justified. 
just his actions, his decision-making process, on top of that, his justifications are extreme. Okay, so that exists. So one of the things that struck real hard, other than him saying, hey, auntie, like, you know, he, he's that was not a warm, hey, auntie, that's more like I'm here to kill everybody. Um he says, uh, y'all sitting, y'all sitting here all comfortable. Must feel good. There's about two million, there's about two billion people around the world who look like us, and their lives are a lot harder. While Khan has the tools to liberate them all. How you how can you not feel that? How can you not feel that? It's true. Well, I mean, in the universe of the movie, it's it's true. Had the tools to liberate everybody. And then sitting idle the whole time. The Atlantic slave trade happened under their watch and everything. That's that's a that's a huge that's a huge sin, man. That is a huge sin. And uh, King T'Challa, he's like, I'm here to defend Wakanda, the Wakanda people of Wakanda, and he's like, you know, ain't everybody from Africa? You know, like <laughs> we ain't your people too. And makes you think, man. Makes you. You question things, make the king question things, right? Ultimately, you know, the guy goes to the UN and uh, he says he's going to start helping folks out. He has an outreach program starting in uh, in Los Angeles where, you know, his, his father got clipped in a condemned building. You know, speaking of condemned buildings, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is the contrast between the ancestral plane. So, for those who have not seen the movie, who dare watch me as I spoil the hell out of it. The ancestral plane is this, is this, this dream state that those who, who ingest the heart shaped herb go into where they, they get to talk to the, the pre like the dead and their dead parents. And like those who've taken the, um, those who've taken the heart shaped herb, you know, prior black Panther, so to speak. And just, you know, the dead, they commune with the dead. Now, when T'Challa, you know, uh, Chadwick Bosman's character takes the heart-shaped herb, he's out on the open plain. It's like nighttime. You see a uh, northern, like the, like the, you know, like the aurora borealis, whatever that crap is called, in the sky, night sky. See all the stars. So you see like the Milky Way in the sky, and he like the first time he he does it, he's talking to his father. The music sounds really peaceful. It's very, it's very honorable. It's very honoring and like, like regal, very king feeling, you know, and um, very tribal and king feeling. Now, and it's just open space, open space, and you have these panther. Everybody's like a panther spirit, and it's so beautiful and peaceful and serene. Now. When Killmonger, when Eric Killmonger ingests a heart-shaped herb and he's buried, he's he's placed in his dream state in the ancestral plane. If you know, you see in a movie, you notice outside the window. Outside the window, he has the same type of sky. You can see the Milky Way and everything else, every single star in the night sky and everything else. But he's inside of that building where his dad got murdered in. It was like very harrowing and like very gutter and. <clears throat> It's very gutter and and it was like it was it was horrifying because you know 
I thought I'm watching the movie. I thought that that uh, Killmonger he'll be able to like meet the murderer of his father face to face. Like, look, motherfucker, you killed my dad and everything. I thought I thought he's gonna maybe go on a killing spree within the the ancestral plane of all the other Black Panthers there, or with the guy's dad and stuff like that, like the prior king and things like that. But no, he gets. He gets that little shoebox apartment in a condemned building where his dad died and he can only talk to his dad. He is completely cut off. Killmonger was completely cut off from Africa. Much like how we are. Much like how much like how we are. It was horrifying. Just just wow. I I, I was horrified for this character, man. You know, when he when he took the heart-shaped herb, and you're sitting there thinking he's gonna have the same access to everything Africa that T'Challa has. And he don't. He only has an apartment in a fucking hood where his dad died. It is it is a night it is nightmaric. And when he first arrived, he's that little kid, right? He's that little kid, and he like he has the chain on and everything with the ring, he finds the ring and put it on. And then he switches, and this is like great, great cinematography from Ryan Coogler. He switches from child to man, a child to man while he's talking to his dad. His dad, he does that Denzel Witter, that Denzel Washington um, off of Glory, single tear off his face. And it's like he's able to talk to his dad, which he probably never even dreamed of doing. You know, he, he grew up as an American. He don't know, like, this dad, like, so he's talking to his dad, like, for real dad sheds a tear and it's like his dad his dad knows that man my son is worse than me you know like man i i kind of failed as a father well i guess he ain't really have a chance <laughs> dead mother i'm sure all right all right so but he's like he's crying you know the the father has a sheds a tear because he's like i just know that i know that if i'm able to see my son right now in this ass in the ancestral plane as i am he made it he made it. He he's king. He he made it. He he bit the herb. He's he's king. But my son, he's an ain't shit nigga is king. He's about to do some ain't shit shit. And then he wakes up from it very violently. That herb did that? Yeah. It's for it's for anybody who's about to be a king after you and stuff like that. Nah, burn it. You know, it was. The first thing you do is burn all the herbs. It's, it was, but that moment, man, and the music, the music when he's in, like he's able to see his father after all those years, and, he's, and it's like in a cardboard box. I cannot, I can't stress how horrifying that is. It was, yes, it was, it was very disturbing. It was very disturbing. Yeah, he was totally cut off from the uh, the ancestors. You know what I mean? Totally cut off. As we're totally cut off. This movie would not exist as such if a white motherfucker wrote this. <laughs> if it was the right director, it wouldn't It wouldn't happen like that. Put, when you put Quentin Tarantino on it, good as he is, he ain't getting that deep. Another thing about Killmonger that's in the movie that I kind of dig. Like... Like T'Challa versus Killmonger, T'Challa his his theme, his musical theme, his uh, sound story was very regal. 
you know, it was very tribal and regal at the same time. He had, he had like the, uh, they call it the talking drum. It's an African, it's an Af African drum. Like the, it goes doo doo doo, you know, like that drum you kept on hearing in the in the movie, doo doo doo, doo doo doo, doo doo that. And then he had um, those horns, like dun dun dun, dun dun dun, dun dun dun, dun dun dun. You know, it's a very regal and royal sound to uh, T'Challa. Now, Nujidaka or Eric Killmonger, his sound was very. I'll say, you know, it was, it, it was sick and amazing. God bless uh, good love with Gorison again. But it's kind of horrible. It's kind of horrifying, too, because, you know, Eric Killmonger, his theme was trap music with African accents throughout. So it's like even it's kind of like with the ancestral plane difference between the two. You have... You have, um, like in the ancestral plane, you have um, T'Challa. He has that open field. He can talk to any any of the ancestors from Africa that he wants to include his dad and every other prior Black Panther and stuff like that. This open field is all beautiful and free, peaceful, serene, honorable. And Killmonger had that cardboard box of that apartment like a cage, cage full of rage, man. Um, like us. The sound story, man, once again, you know, T'Challa, Regal, it sounds very, very Afro, very tribal, raw tribal, Af African sounding, uh, royal, royal, royal sounding stuff. While, while, uh, Killmonger, he had trap music, trap, like it's the beat, like trap music beats with a um with african accents now the first the, like the first theme that he got which is when well one like the hardest theme he got when he you know burned he burned all the herbs and stuff like that and they show like the upside down uh, i got i gotta get in that cinematography anyway uh the uh the herb when he burned the herb the um the music was trap themed right you hear the 808s you hear the fast hitting hi-hats you know, you, you hear the, um, you, you also hear a bit of like, uh, Arabian Middle East, Middle Eastern, um, accents in that, in his, um, in his theme as well, which to me, far as sound story goes, that's in, as indicative of, to his, to his, um, war fighting because he fought numerous wars and regime changes and things like that. So he, he must have served in Afghanistan and Iraq. So that's what I got out of that. And I think that was freaking genius. But let's talk about this trap music though, man. It's called trap music. So I'm not, I'm an East Coast dude from Washington DC, 21st Street Northeast. And that might not be saying too much because maybe folks will listen to trap music there too. <laughs> not by now. Um, I'm 30, 37 years old, whatever. Anyway, um, I'm not the expert on trap music, but I will say that I do know where it comes from a bit. I do know the theme of it. So trap music, for those who don't know, it is um, it's a variant of the hustler of like the, the dealer hustler theme of rap music. But in naming it trap, it is um, it is 
understood that those who are rapping trap music or those who understand it or feel it or relate to it, they're trapped. You know, it is a trap. The hustle, the game, the streets, it is a trap. That, that, okay? So the fact that you have Killmonger, he gets trap music as his theme, I think that's also a bit horrifying because it's like he himself is trapped. Now, Killmonger also has a really solid, he has a solid hustle, man. Killmonger, he has drive like he hates to walk. You feel me? That's a that's a very well-driven man. So his hustle is hard. His hustle is beyond thugged out. But he's also trapped by it. It's kind of like Carlito's way. All right, it's just he's trapped by. It. He's trapped. He's trapped in the game, man. He can't get out. He do nothing but. He will do nothing but destroy himself in the end. Much like America. <laughs> Killmonger, he can be, he can be a metaphor for numerous things. First and foremost, he can be a metaphor of um, black people in America, which is first. But he's also a, a metaphor of America, man. America, we want to colonize everything. We want to intervene everywhere. We want to overthrow everybody. We want to give weapons to people without thought. These are things that he did, that well, at least he was planning to do. So, as I said, he gave T'Challa a lot to think about. He also gave us a lot to think about, man. A lot to think about. And, I, and, and that's why I'll say that he is the best comic book villain of all comic book movies thus far. It'd be pretty hard to beat because... Um, it's really easy to make a bad guy out of me, I tell you that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy to make a bad guy out of us because that Magneto complex, and I, I did write about that. It is possible for us to get a little too carried away in our justifications and start wrecking shit. Yeah, that exists. So, yeah. All right, so uh, one of the quotes uh, that Killmonger stated was... Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they, they knew death was better than bondage. When he said that, you know, I saw the movie twice and I'm sitting there thinking, wouldn't it be funny if T'Challa was like, ha ha ha, jokes on you, we're a landlocked country. Ha ha ha. That would been really funny, you know, because um, Wakanda is a landlocked country. There's no ocean surrounding Wakanda. So, sorry, you're going to be buried in fucking dirt. Oh, I have a really, I have a really weird sense of humor, man. You gotta bear with me. Anyway, um, that sounded really deep, and on, and um, a lot of us black folks, we understand that full-heartedly. But the character was a person of of great words, poor execution of said actions, poor decisions. Um, case in point. His decision to fight T'Challa before, before, I mean, what, what was the guy said? He said it'll take weeks to inform everyone about it. Yeah. So if Killmonger, let me sip a little more of this. If Killmonger would have waited weeks 
before killing, before challenging T'Challa, guess what? The uh, Man-Ape, or uh, he's not called Man-Ape in the movie, but uh, M'Baku, his tribe, his mountain tribe, would have been present on those mountains on a warrior falls. They would have been present there. If they were present there, they would not have been, they would not have been around to pick up his, uh, the fish's body out of the water when they found it. But because he did, because uh, Killmonger was so hasty, he didn't think, he didn't have foresight to uh, ensure that all the tribes were there. There's new, I mean, there's probably more tribes that really didn't even know that there was a regime change. That's pretty, that's pretty dangerous if you're the new king. And it was. So, yeah, man, um, he couldn't even protect his own neck up in this bitch, man. Anyway, though, um, I'm about to head on out. Anybody have anything to add or say? Well, if that's not the case, no one has anything to add or say, I'll say that that concludes my assessment on Killmonger. Um, once again, um, well, once again, what? I don't know what I'm going to say. I'll take the sip. That's, that's my assessment Killmonger. So, take it or leave it. There's a lot of ashy folks out there who's dick riding him. You can tell how ashy they are based on how hard they're dick riding him. You know, um, you can definitely tell that um, those who dick ride him the hardest, who are like idolizing Killmonger, they're probably having a shitty relationship with black women because he too have a shitty relationship with black women. And if you're if you don't have eyes on if you don't have eyes on that, it's kind of like how a white racist is. You know how they're like, well, I don't see racism in this. Yeah, because you accept it, you racist motherfucker. If you don't see a problem with Killmonger with him shitting on black women, it's because you accept it. You don't see a problem with it at all. That's part of your problem. <laughs> Amateur. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I love the character. Um, I think I love the character the right way in a very healthy way. Um, he's very much like Magneto, down to having the same name, Eric. Spelt with a K. Um, the Magneto is my favorite character um, in uh, Marvel Comics. Killmonger joins that favorite that favorite box package grouping thing. And yeah, that might be thinking about changing the theme song of my uh, podcast here, because honestly, it, it had been Magneto, Magneto's theme off of um, X Men First Class. Now I might change to this right here because this this one sounds sick. So uh, you're not gonna hear this. You're not gonna hear any of the themes without the pod, without the finished product. So check the finished product out on SoundCloud or iTunes wherever you go for your podcast. Okay. So um, for those who are watching, make sure that you you um, pop that iTunes out or or Stitcher or your podcast app. You search Afro Sapiophile. You find that you find Afro Sapio File Podcast Network and you subscribe to that thing, alright? Now if you're on iTunes, write a review. A good one. So I'll say that um, if that's all it, I'll say that it's about that time. Thanks for joining us. Before you leave, if you like what you heard, click like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, Stitcher, Last.fm, or wherever you go for your podcast. 
do not let this be the last time we hear from you or you hear from me. Follow us on Facebook, AfroSapioFile. And if you want to be heard, if you want to be heard, always call, call the, um, leave a message at 202-854-1996. Last but not least, be sure to check us out on AfroSapioFile.com for everything that pertains to intelligent black thought. And also, keep in mind that you can write on it too. So you can also, um, you can also kind of like uh, hit me up on Af uh, hit me up on Facebook or wherever you hit me up at, and submit things to write. Submit written's, and I'll post them if they're good and relevant, and they're not cooning and stuff. So um, do that. So this is Johnny Silvercloud, the Soul Brother Number One of a Kind, the Vicious Abolitionist. Signing out. Peace.